Welcome to Ring the Bell with the Masters of Market Accuracy. I'm your host, Tony Mitchell, and joining us tonight, John Archer, Glenn Brownworth, Dan Wyman, and Todd Hagopin as a guest who is a former Market Accuracy Masters Portfolio Manager. So welcome, Todd, and uh, we're going to jump in, and, and uh, I've got a few questions for discussion tonight. And let's start with uh, the rally we had last week. The markets were up about 9%. It was a huge gain for one week, especially after three poor months. Uh, it was really spread out across most sectors too, which was great to see, uh, both growth and, and value stocks. Yet this week, we're seeing a more bifurcated market. Uh, seems like tech is back in charge again and values pulling back. Of course, today, um, we had a lot of things pull back. And we'll discuss that in a minute. But uh, can we continue the rally into the year end? And I'd love to get everybody's prediction on where we're going to, where they think we're going to end the S&P at the end of the year. Who wants to jump in there first on that one? Glenn, go right ahead. I see you're ready there. <laughs> um, I feel that all the negativity is actually working in favor of people who are optimists because it's actually making the economy do better the the numbers seem to verify that things are doing okay unemployment's low uh inflation's coming down you know there are issues maybe with the commercial real estate and the car market right now but other than that i don't know i think the rebuilding of america is actually going pretty well at this point and i think we could actually have i'll i'll knock wood i'll be cautiously optimistic and say we'll have a a good end of the year rally probably starting after thanksgiving because i think i don't know i think people are willing to go out and spend money i can see it when i go out you know i see a lot of teslas on the road with those new new driver license plates on there you know so you know there's a lot of stuff at target i think i think christmas and thanksgiving or you know that holidays that's really what's going to determine it but i think people are in the in the spending mood i don't think people have back so so, Glenn, give me a prediction. The S&P closed today at 4347. Where do you think it's going to close on December 31st? 4700. Wow, 4700 would be a new 52-week high for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, that would, uh, we got that. I'll take a shot. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh -huh. Glenn, what, I'm sorry, uh, Dan, what, what, what are you thinking about the rally into the end of the year? I, I think the markets are totally fed and rate dependent right now. Um, it's going to just bounce around. I, I would expect it might drift a little higher than it is today. I'll, I'll say 4450 by year end, but you know that's that's not a big move from today and probably a little off the highs that we got in July. So I think a lot of people would tend to agree with you right now. John, yeah. John, what are you thinking? Are we going to have a rally into the end of the year? Tony, I, I stopped predicting the market years ago. I, I just uh, I have no idea what the market's going to do. Uh, I'm a bottoms up investor long term, you know, interested in companies themselves rather than sort of the, the macro uh, economic uh, events. And I, I, you know, if I was to take a guess, I would say uh, I'm, I'm sort of with Dan. I, I think you know, 44, 50, somewhere in that range, you know, maybe, but 
Who knows? Well, John, you're you're a wise man. Warren Buffett uh, buys companies too. He doesn't buy the market, and so uh, th- I, that's very <laughs> understandable. And uh, I just I just had to try to prod you all. And and Todd, I'm going to ask you to jump in here too. But uh, I see Todd is a little more pessimistic than everybody because uh, I I see Todd's uh, predicting 41.90, which means down from here. Yeah, I feel like I should change my answer, but because uh, all these smart people are saying we're going to go up, but. Um, but no, I always look at it as, um, the amount of things that can go right and the amount of things that can go wrong over any given period of time. And right now there's just a ton of uncertainty out there with how many rate increases might be left with whether or not the shopping season's going to be good with who may or may not be the, uh, presidential candidates and, and how that's going to affect the markets and the wars that we're currently having. And there's just so many things that could go wrong um, that could impact the market that I'm saying. And plus we haven't been able to hold a rally the last four months. Um, We've had like four stops and starts. So I don't think we're going to hold this one. I think we're going down from here. Well, I I hope not Todd, but uh, you know, that's why we like to get everybody's opinions here. And uh, I I put down a number uh, before I asked anybody. uh, So I don't want anybody thinking I'm just trying to split the difference, but my number was 4525. I think that we will (laughs) go up a little bit, but I think we're going to have some, some little pullbacks. I I still see volatility. Um, Todd had some great points about everything going on. I mean, you all had some great points and, uh, so I, I see somewhat of a rally, but I don't think it's going to, you know, be the I think the rip your face off rally is what we had last week. I don't see any more of that. I would I would love to see something like that. But uh, I, I think we'll just continue up a little bit, have a few pullbacks. So it'll be interesting here. Um, well, let's let's move on. Uh, part of the reason part of the reason the rally last week. Um, and there was more than one was that the Fed seemed to signal that they were done raising rates. Um, interestingly enough, today they seem to reverse that and came across pretty hawkish. Um, it, a couple of weeks ago, they came across more dovish. At least that's the way the market was reading it, even though the words the chairman said were pretty similar. So I, I pose a question, and some of you just touched on it, but do you think they are done? And do you think we can still have a soft landing? Glenn, why don't we start with you again? Uh, I'd like to say we could have our cake and eat it too. Um, I think people know that the Fed will probably potentially raise maybe a quarter of a basis point, but they've said that they're playing it by ear. So even if they do raise it a quarter of a point, I think that'll be kind of factored in. And then that might actually trigger the rally because people will say we're done for the year and people are going to go buy in for the end of the year. At least that's the way I see it potentially happening. Dan, you were uh, shaking your yeah. head there. I think um, I think they're done unless inflation really shows up um, again. I mean, I think they will. I think what the market has wrong is everybody. The market's still anchoring to lower rates, and so they expect the Fed to start cutting sometime next year. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it, they may stay the same for three years. Right, that, that they're going to keep rates high. They're going to really struggle to push inflation down, and I think um, the market's still anchoring to that um, rate reduction that's due due to come. That they think is due to come anyway. And I just don't think it's going to be there. Soft landing. I don't think it's going to be a hard landing. 
there will be pain, but um, I don't think there's going to be like some huge recession or anything like that. I think it's, you know, just bumping along at the bottom here. It's probably what we're going to do for a while. All right, uh, John, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I wish I could say something really interesting and important, but um, I have no idea. <laughs> you always do, John. Everything you say is interesting and important. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I to reiterate what I said before, I have no idea what the Fed's going to do. I, I, I just uh, I'm trying to buy good quality companies at at at. Uh, uh, at, at attractive valuations and, and uh, own them for long periods of time. I like I like that philosophy. I try to do the same. Um, Todd, um, I, I, I know that uh, as with your first prediction, um, I, I, I believe that you don't believe there's going to be a soft landing and you think they are going to raise. Do you think that they're going to do it this year, though, or will it be in the next year? Uh, no, I'm not not convinced they're going to do it this year, um, but but I wouldn't put it past them. And I think my my answer probably stems from uh, severe hate of the government in all in all forms. <laughs> I apologize for that, but but basically they always overcorrect in every direction. So they're going to raise two times more than they need to, um, even though inflation is a year over year number they're they're going to ignore the fact that we're starting to flatten out they're going to raise two more times and then and then they're going to stop raising once it you know finally um flattens out or even worse and then and then they'll wait way too long to lower the rates and then once they start lowering it they're going to have to lower really hard you know what i mean so they're I, i'm not saying hard landing like recession i'm saying hard landing like um the market's just going to be in a state of flux so yeah, so it sounds like you think that they're going to fall in the same old pattern of uh, of uh, underreacting, overreacting, underreacting, overreacting. So um, yeah, that's it. And I think we're going to zero percent. To the other gentleman's point, we're not going to zero percent again. Like that was dumb. We're not doing that again. We're gonna we're gonna find our you know center, um, but we'll still wait way too long before we stop raising, and we'll wait way too long before we start lowering. And that that causes a bad situation for the market. And I, I never thought in my lifetime I would see those zero percent rates. It's, it was an incredible thing. So I don't disagree that we may not ever see zero rates again. Um, uh, certainly a pandemic is a you know once in a century type of thing. Hopefully, hopefully we don't see something like that again. Um, so it was definitely an unusual time. I, I did want to say re, before I finish up on, on my thoughts on that, I think it's Everybody probably hates the government at one point in time or not, depending on who's in office. It's certainly been crazy lately. Um, I did hear today Senator Manchin is uh, not going to run for um, West Virginia senator again, but it sounds like he may be preparing some type of independent middle-of-the-road presidential campaign, which I, I, I was kind of excited about, not saying that I'm like, all on board with Senator Manchin. I need to do some more research, and this isn't about getting political, but I just love the idea of somebody that wants to be in the middle and trying to bring America back together in the middle. Um, I thought that was great news. I saw him and Mitt Romney on CNBC early this morning. There was no mention of it then. There was a little joking around, but it was pretty interesting news today, and uh, that could really throw some twists into the presidential campaign, which we're going to speak about in a minute here. But I will say, 
I guess I am the optimistic one of the bunch when it comes to the Fed right here, because I think they're done this year. And I think that they're going to work hard to be the first Fed that's going to generate that soft landing. I don't know if it can happen yet. Um, I think there is some potential. It's been really strange year, a couple of years uh, because of the pandemic and uh, some extraordinary measures taken. Um, and even though we're, we're cutting back and, and you know tightening capital up, uh, there's a lot of people that have been given a lot of extra money in their paychecks. Um, per se, we just talked about uh, what Sean Fain did with the UAW and all the extra money the UAW workers are gonna get. So I think this might be a different time. Uh, it will certainly uh, wait to find out, but uh, I'm, I think there's a chance for the soft landing. So moving on next week, we get the PPI and CPI numbers. And, and certainly speaking of soft landing, this is gonna make a big difference and what happens in the market could be big difference next week too. Um, the economic, the economists surveyed by FactSet are forecasting a 0.35% rise in November versus prior month, a 7.3% year over year for the core CPI and a 6.1% year over year, excluding uh, food and energy. I think we might be set up to come in much lower, which could be the next rally for the markets. Um, it could be our catalyst higher. Um, I know uh, I'll, I'll start with Todd here because he already shared uh, his thoughts. And uh, I, it looks like, Todd, you're, you're thinking we're going to come in pretty close to the estimates. Um, do you want to comment on that at all, Todd? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think there hasn't been too much craziness out there that would make me think that we're going to be very far off of the estimate. I think we're going to actually be on each of those uh, core and regular. CPI. Um, uh, so that's where my head's at right now. Um, but I don't think that's enough to to alter the Fed uh, making the same mistakes they always do. Good enough. Uh, Glenn or Dan, any thoughts on the uh, what we're going to see in the CPI next week? No, I think, you know, it's been what, 3.7% on an annualized rate the past two months. Um, I don't see it really budging off that kind of number, maybe three and a half or something uh, on an annualized rate. I uh, just, again, I think it stays stubbornly above 3% for some time. Um, and I hope the Fed can, doesn't anchor to that 2% number because they'd have to cause a lot of pain and suffering to get there. So. I think they've made it clear uh, that uh, they're not going to stop at three. They're, they're going to push toward that too. Um, so yeah, it's uh I, I just feel like we're going to see a, a breakthrough at some point in time here, and this might be the month uh, that we see a nice breakthrough that might uh, drive a nice rally for us. Uh, Glenn, you were talking about stable, so you think that uh, we're just going to maintain where we've kind of been, and you're in yeah. consensus. Yeah, I mean, so again, are... I'm the is optimistic one here tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we currently have two wars going on. How concerned are you about them escalating? Are you, and are you investing differently because of them? I mean, there's Go a ahead. human toll. There's a human toll to all this, but it doesn't change how I approach investing. You know, obviously, if there's a big escalation, markets are going to suffer, but um, it doesn't change how I look at markets day to day, or what are the companies I pick, or how much cash I'm holding. 
Okay, thank you, Dan. Glenn, how about you? Yeah, I like Dan said. There, there's the the human cost. To all of this, however, just you know, we're over here, and you know, I, I say invest in Northrop Grumman because that's the one thing we're going to be making a lot of in the next couple of years. You know, the, the money we're investing into this in in these things is actually going to help our economy. Right. All, all the stuff that we're helping Ukraine with is our old stuff that we needed to dispose of anyway. You know, old vehicles, old uh, ammunition. We either we either destroy it or we give it to them. So we're getting new stuff and we're giving them our old stuff. So we and they're throwing it into the Russians teeth. I think it's you know, I think it's you know, we're, we're, we're actually investing in America more now than I think we have in the past 40 years. So I, I kind of look at that as an optimistic thing and you know these companies that are going to benefit from this are northrop and boeing and uh i know there's like five monopolies so uh what's the other one martin marietta i'm not even sure if they're they're the they're intact anymore but those those three main companies you know defense contractors and maybe saab because they're like uh they work with boeing on one of the rockets that they're providing so probably those companies there's a number for sure, and there's actually some uh, defense uh, ETFs now out there. So, Todd, what are you, what are your thoughts? Are you do you change what you're doing because of the wars? Uh, yeah, I do. I think that there's uh, you got to look at a couple of different things. So, first of all, the good thing, like you guys said, is when the government decides to spend money overseas, it's not like they stop spending money here. So we're just spending more money. Period. So the economy moves up. Just more stuff gets bought. Uh, what can happen, especially if things escalate, is um, you have commodity and or logistical pressures uh, that can dramatically impact certain industries a lot more than others. So if oil were to go crazy or natural gas in Russia, you know, decides to go nuts or um, some embargoes go on out in the sea and suddenly shipping costs go through the roof again, like they did during COVID, you know, that can hit certain industries extremely hard in a way that you might not realize it until the quarter's over and all of a sudden you get nailed. So those are the kinds of things that I look at. Um, obviously there's, you know, everyone's going to invest in defense. I actually, yeah, sorry, everyone's going to invest in defense. There's some really good potential tertiary opportunities out there. If you look at who's, who's basically, um, doing the B2B manufacturing into the defense contractors, like that's a really good area to look at uh, uh, in this type of situation, because chances are, like you said, if we exhaust a whole bunch of stuff and we're rebuilding a whole bunch of stuff, like all those manufacturing plants for defense are also going to need serviced and, and replenished and expanded and stuff like that. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Todd. Definitely some great points. John, now I, I know you're looking at the companies, but does the war scare you? Are you concerned about any changes because of the war? Do you do anything different? Well, I, I, I hate to sound like Charlie Munger at a, at a Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> annual meeting, but uh, I don't really have anything to, to, to uh, other than what's already been said, uh, you know. I, no, I, I well, just. It's great to have Charlie Munger amongst the group. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Thank, thank you, John. Uh, moving, moving on. Then we uh, we had a Republican presidential debate last night, and again, not to be political, 
but do you guys think that the elections, how do you think they're going to affect the markets in 2024? Uh, I'd like to look out and look ahead. And I mean, it's uh, we're like uh, 12 months away from the elections right now. Dan, you have a thought on that? Well, I mean, I, I really don't know that the uh, political, the presidential race is going to really affect the market that much. Maybe there'll be a two-week period around this time next year where the markets react for a short period of time, um, one way or the other. Uh, but, you know, again, it it's going to be more rate and Fed dependent, you know, unless there's some big shock that comes from the two wars or, or something like that. I think those are going to be more the drivers than what's going on in the election cycle. Todd, Todd, you have some uh, interesting thoughts you shared with me, and uh, it's it, I say interesting because with the news today about Senator Manchin, it's it's kind of like you had a little clairvoyance there about uh, third-party candidates. So why don't you share yeah. your thoughts, Todd? <laughs> so I'm a little biased because I'm actually the uh, treasurer for the National Libertarian Party, so I come from the third-party background. Uh, but um, but between the third-party candidates out there, RFK Jr. running as an independent, probably Manchin and or Hogan running for no labels, Cornell West running as an independent, then the Green Party, Libertarian Party, and the Constitution Party will have their candidates. We are likely going to see the first election since 1994, um, where the winner is elected through a true plurality, like there have been times when the winner has 49. 9% of the vote and things like that. This is probably going to be more like a 40 to 43% of the vote scenario where whoever wins the presidential election will have a very low percentage and not have that mandate that they traditionally have. Um, and then and then nobody's going to know where these independents steal from, which causes that additional uncertainty that I'm talking about. Um, so for example, like people think that RFK is going to steal Trump's vote while other people think he's going to steal Biden's vote. We, we see the polls come out now that he's stealing from both. And so in all these swing states, nobody's going to have any idea what's about to happen. Polls are terrible when there's a plurality type vote like this. And so there's just going to be a dramatic amount of surprises on election night and then a dramatic amount of lawsuits right afterwards. And none of this stuff is going to be good for the market, in my opinion. So. Very interesting, very interesting, and, and and then we throw Mansion into the that whole arena too. So that's uh, wow. Um, I I was I was gonna start to say it sounds like maybe no hanging chads this year, but maybe there's gonna be multiple hanging chads. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. We need to double our money by next uh, election day. That's what we need. <laughs> so, so, sounds like we go to the casino and bet on the long shot for the election. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, uh, I, you know, it, if you look back, though, um, when Trump was elected, um, the markets did rally pretty good. Um, but when Biden was elected, the markets rallied pretty good also. So this could be quite different. Um, it could be very interesting. It's really hard to say what's going to happen in the markets with, with all the uh, uh, possibilities here coming up next year. Gonna be yeah, interesting you for sure. If you don't yep. mind, I, one thing I did forget to put that I put in my note to you is that that did happen the last two elections. The previous two elections were very different than that. Um, and so it, it will be really interesting because in the past, the, I think the knowledge, maybe I haven't been in it as long as everybody else, but I think the knowledge has always been 
kind of the presidential election is not that great a year. And then these last two have been really good. Um, and so it'll just be real interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, good, good point. Thanks for sharing that for sure. Um, we're we're going to wrap up with one last question here. We, we look at it as our last thoughts for our listeners. Uh, if you were putting money into the market today, what would you be buying and why? Glenn, you want to take a, a stab at that first? I'd even consider one of those uh, military or uh, defense spending ETFs. The one thing is it's more geared towards, I'd say, dividends and actual growth because they think a lot of these companies are mature and you're not going to get huge growth out of like a, a Northrop Grumman or a Boeing. But they're, the, they're definitely going to be stable because they're going to be buying from Uncle Sam. And so you're definitely going to get a good dividend, probably even a better one in the next year or two out of these defense contractors. So that's probably where I put my money, at least now, you know. I'd like that's that's what we're looking for. Top pick today. I like the thought. Dan, what what are you thinking? So I was looking at First Solar this week. They they've been beaten up pretty good. They're kind of wrapped up in the whole high interest rate environment and the declining demand for solar on a residential level. But First Solar is a utility scale solar company. So they have a backlog of like 82 gigawatts and they produce about what 3.2 gigawatts of uh, panel panels every quarter. Um, so a huge uh, capacity constrained company with new factories coming online over the next 18 months. And I think as those factories get on and ramp up, there's going to be step changes in their earnings that really isn't priced into their stock right now. So I think it's a nice value pick. Um, you know, anytime you see a company that's supply constrained, that's, you know, adding capacity, um, that's it's usually a good turn turnout right there. So that's the one that kind of got my attention this week. I like that. I'm going to take a look at that myself. John, John, what are your thoughts for for a great pick right now? I like Mastercard. Um, I do a, a, a discounted cash flow analysis for valuation, and I sort of thinking its value, intrinsic value is around $430 or thereabouts uh, per share. Its price is probably a little less than $390, so you're getting a, a, at least a 10% discount. Um, I'm projecting five-year revenue growth, uh, you know, 12% a year. Uh, its free cash flow margin is a whopping 48%. This company's like Visa. Its net margin after tax is 45%. I mean, who makes 45% um, net profit? Not even uh, Apple. And, and I would hold it for 10 years. That, uh, that is a great point. It's a great profit margin there, 45%. The other thing, John, too, is they're buying all their stock back. So you're getting more earnings earnings per share growth than revenue growth, right? Yeah, their free cash flow is just it's 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 incredible and they're using it to buy back stock. Yep. Todd, you've uh, leaning toward uh, the B2B uh, value stocks. You want to tell us about that? Sure. So B2B value um, stocks, both product and services, I think are going to be strong so they're they're going to continue uh manufacturing and and if you can do things that have to be bought so for example i guess if i had one 
that I would say, I would say, take a look at John Beam Technologies, JBT. They do a lot of uh, downstream kind of large machines that help uh, seal the food and preserve the food. You know what I mean? For the, for the food manufacturers, people are still gonna eat no matter if we're in a recession. They may even eat more packaged food in a recession. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. things along those lines, they're still going to have to buy these machines and make investments. They're still going to have, especially if, if any EPA or FDA new regulations come in that drives new purchases of these machines, government's getting bigger, not smaller. Um, these are the kinds of things I'm looking at. And JBT, I think, is, uh, is a stock that's 80% off its highs um, and, and makes five bucks a year you know, in earnings or is going to in 24. So I think it's a great buy out there. Nice. Thank you, Todd. Um, I'm going to uh, sound probably a little bit optimistic here again with my pick, but uh, I'm bringing Ford back into the fold. I actually added some uh, Ford today. I feel like it's uh, bottomed out here. Uh, it, it closed at 972 today. Um, it's paying a 6.19% dividend. And the Ford family holds 40% of the voting stock and they like their dividends. So I don't think the dividends going anywhere. Uh, we're, we're beyond, we finally settled with the UAW, um, although it might uh, take away a little bit of their profitability. Um, I think they're on a good path. Um, I think they made the early call to back away from as many EVs as, as they uh, originally talked about. Um, and they're going more a hybrid route, uh, which will help their profitability. Um, and I, I think that they're engaged and involved, though. I think we're eventually going to see a lot more EVs sold. Excuse me. And they have some good products in the pipeline there for, for EVs. But uh, I like Ford again. I think it's a good opportunity to buy it right now. So um, that wraps up another edition of Ring the bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight and remind everybody to learn more about any of our portfolio managers. Please go to marketocracymasters.com and to sign up for our newsletter and listen to our podcasts um, and uh, any videos that we put out and a lot of other great information, go to marketocracy.io. That's marketocracy.io. Thank you all, and we will uh, talk to you again next month or sooner.